0: All right, folks. Uh, Larry is going around right now. We have a handful of hard copies of the membership notes that we've been going over for the last several weeks. Uh, Otherwise, there is the digital format that we sent out uh, this past week. So if you're more like, I'd rather read it on my phone rather than have a bunch of paper in my hands, uh, you can go that way. Just jump onto your email, uh, look back to the membership When those were attached, uh, you can go through that. Or, uh, yeah, we have a select number. It's just a lot of paper and a lot of ink and all that kind of stuff. So we uh, made it just a select number of pages given. Uh, So here's what we're going to do this morning. As uh, we had mentioned through the last few emails that we've sent out to you, we're going to do a little review. Um, This is very different than a normal Sunday, obviously. Uh, usually, we're jumping into sermon time right now, but we're going to do a little review on the membership content that we've been going over for now two months or so. Uh, we do recognize that we're, there were a few um, where we, we jumped out of the series, a few weeks where we jumped out of the series. So, we wanted this time to create some continuity and actually get the information in your hands because there were some sermons where we slowed down on certain things. We added some content here and there. Uh, So at least with the membership curriculum, it gives you something cohesive, so to speak, uh, to consider. And that's why we wanted to do a review. Uh, What we'll also do is a little bit of casting vision for 2023, just to give you an idea where we're at as a church and where we're heading. Uh, And then we're gonna open up the floor for Q&A. On the back end of that Q&A, we will kind kind of conclude our time together today a little bit bit of ministry with one another. Um, So we're just going to wait on the Lord and see what he has for us, and then go from there, which is always fun, because who knows, you know? Uh, Anything you want to... All right, let me pray, and then we'll jump into it. Anybody else need that information? You're looking... Okay, all right, so you have a few more hard copies?
1: No, I gave
0: a lot. All right, so then otherwise, look on your email... And make sure you bring it up. You taking a picture of me? <laughs> All right, let's pray, and then we'll jump into it. Lord, we thank you um, that there is beauty in your blood that you've shed for us. Thank you that your blood carries power, saving power, that, that reaches across the chasm of our great sin. And it redeems us and reconciles us and brings us into relationship with you. Lord, thank you that even while we were yet your enemies, you died for us. Thank you that when we were just foul-mouthed and resistant to you, you weren't resistant to us. And you gave of yourself for us to establish a people, to establish a church to establish a beautiful bride. Lord, we thank you for this local expression of your bride. And we do ask, even now, as we talk through and review just what your church is and who we are as members of it, uh, Lord, that you would bring clarity to this, that you would stir up, even within us, as we mentioned even earlier, a fresh sense of faith for who you've called us to be. And specifically who you've called us to be together. So we ask for clarity, fresh stirring of faith, and may you be glorified in our time together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Well, as we jump in, guys, I want to begin with just a review of, of what is the church. Even, even this morning with some of the guys in the back, we were talking about the fact that anybody can go on the Internet pay a fee and get a license to say that they're (laughs) ordained as a pastor, and then they can create a YouTube channel, as Dan mentioned, and begin preaching to anybody who is willing to listen. Um, But it's important that we understand from Scripture what a church is, or what the church is. And I want to read from Revelation 5 again. Mm. The church, the church, the universal church, or even to use the the term the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. is... The people of God who have been bought by Jesus' blood, who have faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, and that being people now, anywhere in the world, and at any point throughout history. Mm -hmm. Um, So let me just say again, more simply, those from all time who by faith in God have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. That is the church. And I want to read from Revelation 5. I I honestly want to read the whole chapter, if you guys are okay with it. I just, I think the Lord... Deserves it. The text says in verse 1 I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads upon myriads Mm. and thousands upon thousands, all saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth Mm. and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, Amen, and fell down and worshiped. The church is that kingdom of priests who have been purchased by Jesus' blood for God. And Hebrews chapter 12 says that when we come to worship in faith, We're coming alongside of that heavenly worship Mm -hmm. service. Hebrews chapter 12 describes it as thousands upon thousands of those angels gathered to celebrate. They're wearing the the garments of festivity. They're Mm -hmm. celebrating, they're worshiping, they're honoring the king. And the, the scriptures say that the church is made up of those people who have been brought into that kingdom who worship Jesus and are bought by his blood. And so... Many of you remember uh, the the series on Mercy Gate that we went through two years ago. Um, We look to Ezekiel chapter 47, which gives us a prophetic picture of the new temple. And in Ezekiel chapter 47, what we see is that the temple has a river of living water flowing from it. And everywhere that river goes, there's life. Now, if you could turn with me to John chapter 7. I want to highlight these verses again Uh, because we're getting into the church is the blood-bought people of God who minister to God. That is our, our, like, that is why we were made. That's why we are redeemed, to Mm -hmm. minister to the Lord as a kingdom of priests. But in particular, this church, Mercy Gate Church, um, is to be a picture of that temple where the river of living water flows through the gate and brings life and I want to highlight John chapter 7 verses 35 to 37 where Jesus makes it clear that the rivers of water that bring life from that picture in Ezekiel is talking about the Spirit of God Jesus says in verse 37 On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Do you catch that? Ezekiel says out of the temple will flow rivers of living water. And John chapter 7 says out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. And now this he said about the spirit. Whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Mercy Gate Church, in particular, is to be a collection of people who are filled with the Spirit of God and whose ministry is to allow the Holy Spirit to flow out of our hearts the way he loves to do Mm -hmm. to bring life to other people. And so it's just, it's the picture of being filled by the Spirit and being emptied as the Spirit flows to others who are thirsty and who come to Jesus. Why not? Temple, kingdom, priesthood. Yes.
0: And that, so that then summarizes kind of who we are in particular. We're a people of God's presence. We want God to say, Mercy Gate is a pleasing place to dwell. I love being there. And make the distinction. Some of you are like you're all theologically minded, you're like, isn't God everywhere? So how can he just be here and not here? And the beauty of how Scripture conveys God's presence is that he uniquely wants to manifest himself as God's people gathered together. We have plenty of promises towards that. And that's kind of encapsulated in this idea that he, has chosen us, a people, to be his temple. He wants to come and reside here. He wants to reside here among us and in us like he's not residing right now at Wawa on Frankfurt, mm-hmm. right? Or, or down the street on Torsdale. He wants to uniquely be seen, be realized in this group of people. And that's expectation. We carry expectation when we gather because he holds out these promises I've made you into a temple, which means I'm gonna come and be pleased to dwell in your midst. As I come and I'm pleased to dwell in your midst, what's our responsibility? Well, we move from the idea of temple now to priesthood. We're a priesthood. What does the priest do in the Old Testament? They minister primarily to God. Right? They they give their attention to Him, they come with offerings to him. They come with sacrifices to him. Right? So now as we're gathering together and we're anticipating God's going to meet with us, that now we're bringing our offerings of worship to him. And, and that goes into, yes, singing songs. That goes into, as we're hearing his word, we're saying, Lord, let my life be a living offering to you. So I want my life now to be ordered according to your will, I want my life to rightly image you, right? So we're ministering to him, yes, with the sacrifices and offerings of song and giving, and, 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 but also then having our lives be a living sacrifice. I'm saying, Lord, I want, my, I want to be, as we've been saying, all on the altar of sacrifice. All of me, for all of you, conform to your... That's ministering to him. Do you know that responding to truth is a way in which we are ministering to him. It's an offering of worship. We're giving to him, saying, Lord, I want to change, not just so I'm a moral person, not just so I'm upstanding, not so I can just say I'm a Christian, but because I want to please you and become like you, right? He's the center of everything now. He chooses to dwell in us. He he desires to be ministered to by us. But then there's a kingdom dimension that in your notes you'll see a little more specifically kind of outlined. And that's where we don't just stay gathered as a people, do we? We go to the streets. We're a scattered people as well as a gathered people, right? And that's to the idea of kingdom. It has the idea that we carry his authority. We carry his authority to minister, we could say it this way, his presence to others. If he dwells, yes, in this place as we gather together, but he also dwells in you, wherever you go, he goes. And now you have something to offer to people in need that goes even beyond the physical. You have the very presence of God working in you so that you have something of him actually to give away to others. And so as MercyGate, we wanna be a people of mercy. As we've received mercy, oh, that we'd be a conduit of his mercy, that we would carry his authority, his commission to go, right, and make disciples, to go and be light amidst darkness. Uh, so there is something as what refers to kingdom. We're taking on his authority. We're, we're saying yes to Jesus' commission to go. Don't always stay gathered. Get out there and shine. Minister to others. Some of the ways in which we'll see his presence made manifest through us individually as we go out and we carry his authority, we walk out his commission, is, and we just have to say these things because we don't necessarily see them as much as we should, and so it bears repeating, is that you get to pray for the sick, and what will you see? Healing. (laughs) I thought it was simple. (laughs) Healing. That's that's the New Testament. Now, is every person that you pray for going to be healed? Not necessarily, no, right? But we should be sensitive to the Lord's leading and what he wants us to do so that we do begin to see his kingdom, his authority realized even as we would pray for the sick. Do you know that part of your responsibility is to come against the enemy in people, That we reference as deliverance ministry. That's not just some role that, you know, when the people get really crazy, let's just point them to the pastors and hopefully they can do some sort of magic for them. You all get to do that. And folks, let's just like crush the American perspective. There is a supernatural world out there. There is a spiritual realm that we all walk in. It's real. It's active. There is a beautiful and wonderful Savior, and his spirit now is given to us. It dwells in us, but there is also an enemy who wants to sift us like wheat, who wants to see darkness permeated through our neighborhood, who wants to break up families, who wants to create conflict, who wants people to be addicted, who wants suicide to reign, And we are the church that steps into that mess with the authority of Christ to shine brightly for him. To see his kingdom realized. Not just talked about, but actually realized. And I say all this with, like, extra zeal. Because, oh, there has been prophetic words over this house that that stuff is going to happen. Amen. Right? It's not going to be just theory. It's going to be as the church family, we're walking this out. We're seeing it happen. We're seeing the kingdom as Christ promised it to be realized. Right? Can't wait. And in some ways, let me just say, we've seen that already. We've seen vertigo healed. We've seen backs healed. We've seen a whole host of things healed. Right? Some of you can even give testimony to that. Uh, physical things healed, emotional things healed. We've seen God work in part. But I think that's just kind of the beginning of what God would want to do. We've seen even deliverance ministry a year ago, uh, Christmas, no, Easter. Back in Easter, right? We all got to see some of that take place. And I think that that is far far more broadly uh, something that people endure that they need to be set free from. We need the spiritual discernment to know how to step in to some of those things. So, again, think through it. We're a people of his presence, which means we're a temple. God wants to dwell here. In us, among us, right? But then we're a priesthood. Man, our focus is to minister to him. But we are also then a kingdom. We get to take his presence out to that world that so desperately needs him. right? So that's what we, that's what we mean when we say... Let's be Mercy Gate. Let's be a people of his presence, a people God is pleased to dwell among and through whom he flows and his kingdom is realized in some measure. Would you add anything? Okay. All right. So that's the church. That's what we see as Mercy Gate in particular, who we are. Uh, But then we covered what is expected of a member, and that would then be jumping into class two. Uh, So if you have your notes there uh, and you're like buzzing through, we just covered the first class one. So you'd be like flying through those pages. Uh, But class two, what is expected of a member? And maybe one of the ways that we could say this is if God, if we are a people of God's presence, It is our responsibility as members to protect his place. Make sense? I don't know about you. When I was growing up and go to church, there was, we dress a certain way, right? Because we want to give our best to the Lord, right? So it was all about, let's dress up. And if you were like running around this place, one of the deacons would catch you by the ear or something and be like, this is the Lord's house, right? Don't be running around here. This is the Lord's house. This is the Holy Spirit. And, and there's something of value there. I'd, I'd want to tweak it, saying, all right, the Lord's more concerned about your heart than he is what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a tie is nice and wonderful, and maybe that's your best, and you want to give that to the Lord. Dave's all about that. <laughs> He's shaking his head. No, please don't. No. Right? Uh, but that could be a way in which we bring offering to him. Lord, I, want, I want to give you my best. Um, but he's far more concerned about what's happening on the heart level, right? And as it relates to kids. Oh, I was, even just uh, recently where the Lord has had me uh, reading this morning, it's like, let the children come unto me. Let the crazy kids, come on, come on, bring, bring them over here. They, they're like the disciples are trying to guard Jesus from all the chaos in some sense. No, 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 bring them to me. And he lays his hands on them. Like, we want to hear noisy kids. As, as the testimony Tom in particular has given, like, it's a beautiful thing to have kids running around. Mm-hmm. The chaos is blessing when it comes down to it, right?
1: So churches don't have kids. That's right. And the silence is deafening.
0: Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. So all to make the point, right? We want to be a people of his presence, we wanna protect his place among us, right? So we wanna honor him, perhaps not in all the ways that old school you know, tried to honor him. That's, that's what I'm getting at. So how do we honor him? First, very simply, as we think about membership, it's through relational commitments. We actually protect his place among us by being committed, or we could say covenanted together in relationship with one another. Uh, those three relationships, as we outline them, are first, your relationship to Jesus, right? That should be something you're regularly tending to, committed to, given to. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse, uh, verse 23, that familiar passage that Jesus calls us to. If we are going to be following him, he calls us to die daily. So, Luke 9.23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it, right? I want to just include something, and I want to, you got to help me be concise. (laughs) Uh, I want to say something on this point. As we are committed to Jesus, it does mean that I must die. You can't be committed to Jesus and not be sensing some regular death to self. If if you're like, yeah, I haven't made decisions to die to myself that I might live unto Jesus, then you're adrift spiritually, right? We want to recognize that there is an ongoing dying to self, and I want to again, reiterate the fact that there is a narrative in our culture that says, no, you need to tend to the self. We have to be very careful of how that's applied to our lives. I I don't need more of Dan. I don't need a healthy Dan. I need a healthy Jesus in Dan. I need more of him. I need more of his life. The very reason why the self implodes is because it doesn't have the source of life. The one who is life and life in abundance, right? The one who is the fountainhead of all life. He's the creator, the sustainer, the redeemer of all life, right? Why does the self implode? It implodes because Jesus ain't standing at the center. What, what is these planets orbiting the sun if the sun's not there? It's cast into oblivion. So it is with the orbits of our own heart, the the, the inner workings of our own heart. If it doesn't have a core, if it doesn't have a center, if it doesn't have a place where gravity holds everything in its rightful place, then we implode. We're cast out into oblivion. And so Jesus is the one that we must be dying to even daily. There's something of me that has to die daily so that Christ might live in me. That's part of our relational commitments. That's how we protect his place among us. We are relationally committed to Jesus. Secondly, more briefly, to the pastors. Like there's gotta be a trust here because we carry the responsibility of leadership. So Hebrews chapter 13 says to obey your leaders, but it also puts the leaders in check saying, hey leaders, you're gonna give an account for every one of those souls. We have to stand before Jesus one day for how we've led, for how we uh, have cared for you, right? And so it's with that sobriety that scripture says, hey, be committed to your leaders. That doesn't mean naivety. That doesn't mean, you know, follow blindly. I, I hope, and this is part of the relational commitments, that anytime time you see us out of place, you're bringing the word and to bear upon us, saying, hey, I see something, like, it's not right, let's see it corrected. Like, pastors are to be confronted, (laughs) because guess what? We're just people, too, right? We're just broken down sinners, too, saved by Jesus, right? And so, it's incumbent upon, yes, you to be able to follow us in this relational commitment, but also for you to be willing to bring correction, uh, should there be anything you see in our life out of place. So relational commitments to Jesus, to the leadership, uh, but also then to one another. And I want to emphasize once again, this church is going to inevitably be a diverse church. It's going to be a diverse church. uh, Culturally, it's going to be a diverse church, even from all the places that folks have come from different kind of Christian backgrounds or religious backgrounds. We're going to come with church hurt. We're going to come with uh, perhaps a little more extra uh, faith than some. We're going to come with different expressions of that faith, and it's going to look different. For it to look different is not necessarily for it to be wrong. There's things that we need to cherish and treasure uh, in one another, Um, and so that's the final relational commitment to Jesus, to the leaders, and to one another. Add anything to those? All right. So relational commitments protect his place among us. But then what happens when, again, like uh, folks are refusing to commit to Jesus? Like what happens when either a member or a leader isn't given to Jesus? How do we go about that? Well, then there's relational correction that we talked about. Matthew 18 gives us church disciplines, steps that we need to work through to see people restored, reconciled back to the church. The whole aim, once again, is never to shame. It's never to push people away. It's always for the purpose of restoration. I'm not going to go through all the steps. Again, we've gone through that plenty of times, uh, even more recently as a church. Uh, so you have relational commitments, you have relational correction when things go bad. Scripture gives us actually guardrails and ways to work those things out. But then finally, there's a uh, priority of participation. Right? So we have relational commitments and correction. That protects God's place among us. But then a priority of participation. Uh, Matthew 6 becomes that familiar, familiar text. And I do want to read it just to reiterate it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And it's in context with God actually, well, Jesus actually calling his followers to follow by faith. Uh, Not only is there a real dying to self in this journey of following after Jesus, but that dying to self will inevitably bring you into a, a necessary faith In the Lord to even provide at times some of the most basic needs. So that's Matthew 6 verses 25 and following. Don't be anxious, right? The Lord values you, the Lord sees you, the Lord will supply your needs. Verse 33 then, it gives us this final principle to live by. It says, but seek first, there's the priority, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. There is a priority now in following Jesus. It's to live for his kingdom, right? And and his kingdom is represented through his church, and so there does need to be an intentional kind of orientation of our lives to the church, as we've said it before, like what we give to the church can't be the fumes of our life that's a misplaced priority right there's got to be a reorienting so to speak of priority i think for many of us i was talking with my kids even yesterday as we're sitting at the table just doing a devotional we have to be careful even as a family i'm trying to tell my kids 14 and 11 and then the younger ones you know we have to be so careful that we're not living for earthly things moth and rust will corrupt thieves will break in and steal <laughs> this life is gonna crumble in one way or the other so it's to keep judson's basketball in check judson stop wanting to be the next mba star like if god wants to bless you in that way okay great i'm gonna i'll get behind it you know uh if that's your calling so to speak For the kingdom, I'll get behind it. But you know what, Judson, you've probably got other things that God's going to have you be doing rather than that. For my daughter, she here, upstairs. I want her to be so careful about her beauty, how she carries herself. Do not live for the gaze of men. These are earthly things that can bring such damage to her life should she prioritize that, right? And that's where I'm saying, we have to seek Christ and his kingdom. As, as, as our lives as a family, I want our family to be oriented towards things that will last into eternity, not just kind of like little flashes in the pan that yes, yeah, are fun and crazy here, but aren't good. we're not taking them into glory. <laughs> just here let's be so heavenly minded that we become of earthly good here and that's that's the aim that's the priority we want to see our lives producing kingdom fruit And and again, we can't, as James said the other uh, last week, I think it was, we can't just give you a pie chart and say, okay, well, here's the full number of hours in your lifespan, and here's the hours you need to give here, and here's the hours you need. There's a a reordering of priority that Christ should rule and reign over all pieces of the pie, (laughs) right? And how that then fleshes out in time spent here, involved here, in the relationships that are here, Like will be different from person to person, but let it be that you seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So there's a whole bucket of uh, practicals that could fall into that prioritization. Um, But the three T's, time, treasure, talents, right? Make sure those things are ordered toward Christ
2: and his kingdom. All right, would you add anything? Yeah, I would just like to re emphasize the, um, the personal seeking of the Lord in those decisions. Um, it's so easy for us to make decisions according to the mind and not consider the Lord's will. And so, <clears throat> when it comes specifically to your level of participating in this church, through your three T's, I really want to encourage you to spend time seeking the Lord and how he wants you to do those things. Um, And I'll I'll ask you like, is that what you really think the Lord is calling you to? Or is that what you have decided? I, I, I want to be so intentional in prioritizing the Lord and seeking his kingdom first. And so when we decide those things, like it has to come from seeking the Lord. Um, and the reason why we have slowed down to talk about membership um, is because of the spiritual warfare reality that is happening, the the warfare nature of our existence in this world, um, and the fact that it is a building process. Uh, the Christian life is a a warfare and a building, and the Book of Nehemiah has been really encouraging to me in in that sense and that um, you know if you remember Nehemiah feels a personal calling from the Lord and that's where it started the Lord called him to do something it didn't start with his own idea it was the Lord and he obeyed that calling and he went back to Jerusalem and the Lord provided everything he needed to do the thing that the Lord called him to that's another Like, don't forget that. Um, I've got testimony after testimony of that in my own life. Mm -hmm. When you obey the Lord's calling, he provides the way. Um, But Nehemiah goes, and as soon as he begins to obey the Lord, opposition comes. Because the enemy of God does not want the Lord's will to be done. And so as Christians in the church in this day and age, in this city, right now, when we seek the kingdom of God, it will be met with opposition. (coughs) And in Nehemiah, what you see happening is everybody coming together and you have some people holding the weapons for protection and you have others holding the tools and the guys (laughs) carrying the burdens have one, a weapon in one hand and the load in the other hand. Mm -hmm. There's a a back to back sort of uh, mentality that they're in this together. They're both building and defending the Lord's will. And so like that is why we really want to emphasize The membership of this church is because we are in a war spiritually and we are building something in in that we Mm -hmm. are we are seeking to add living stones to God's temple, which are people who come into the kingdom. And so we like. You're you're in the church when you're redeemed by Christ, right? But he's designed it so that we seek his kingdom together together. And so we're, we're like, that is the, the membership piece is devoting yourself to this body of people to do the warfare and the building together. Um, and so it's just on on, like, it's personally good for you to be devoted to a community of believers. It's healthy for us as a church to have people devoted to it. And most importantly, it is honoring to God because it's the way he designed it when we do that. And yeah. so again, it's like, and some churches don't have a membership role. Others do. Um, the thing that we're really <laughs> uh, emphasizing is the devotion to this body of local, um, local Christians to do the work to seek the kingdom first. And um, with that being said, we're in a position as a church that is not unique. Uh, over the last two years, there mm-hmm. has been a global shakeup. And you guys know that. I don't have to spend time on that but it's created a unique situation where um many people have had new opportunities to make changes in their lives and so our church along with most other churches that i know of have seen this where members have it's like hey i have this opportunity i can move here i can do this i can get a new job and um predominantly like that's what's happened in our church over the last two years. we've had a lot of people that like big exciting life changes that have taken them away from here and our church has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and I, I if you look at it on paper through the eyes of the physical mind, it looks like the church is dying. just to, like that's what it looks like if you, I was talking with Jim, um, they, ha- Their denomination has a, a percentage num- If you drop below a certain percentage of your membership, you are a declining church. And our percentage is like way past that. Yeah. So on paper, by human standards, our church is um, falling apart.
0: <laughs> but Welcome. <laughs> yeah.
2: But the kingdom of God does not depend on the human mind. Good. And the Lord loves to work in those situations when all the odds are stacked up against, right? Story after story in the Bible of God doing mighty things through few people, through little resources. And so um, I say that to stir up faith because even even as we've talked, man, we've had this conversation for a while now, hmm. um, but the reason we're sitting here today talking about it is because We're at a point where it's like, all right, Lord, now is the time to make it happen. (laughs) Um, But I want to stir up your faith because as we've talked, it's like this doesn't make sense to me. And it would be really easy just to quit, um, to be honest with you. I mean, we all want better music. We all want (laughs) better preaching. We all want a nicer (laughs) building. We all want more programs, more outreach, more this, more that, right? We all want that, right? um but the fact is like the lord honors the the faith in in these moments when mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense but we prioritize seeking his kingdom first we're going to trust in him he yeah, honors yeah. that and so i i want to stir up your faith um in this time of like i don't know what's going to be next for our church like it would be really easy just to quit um but i think think about gideon you guys remember the story of Gideon? How easy would it have been for Gideon as his army is just being, getting smaller and Whittled. smaller and smaller. And the Lord's told him, you are going to come against Midian. You're going to fight this war and you're going to win. And Gideon watches his army just get smaller and smaller and smaller. What It would have been easy for him to just quit, right? Uh, but the Lord honors faith in these moments. Yeah. And so with There are big changes, we're gonna talk through this, but with big changes become big opportunities and this is a moment for the Lord to come through in ways that we have not seen before.
0: Yeah, so uh, to reiterate, membership has been down, declining over the last two, three years, Uh, even as we've seen over the last few months, as well as we've seen folks transition. Um, with that being the case, that's going to change things financially for 2023. Um, and uh, it looks as though, and we'll have a meeting to give more specifics on this, it looks as though we'll come through 2022 in good shape, uh, but jumping into 23, uh, we'll, we'll ha- we have to make some adjustments. And so this is where the big changes are, are coming. Uh, they involve James and I actually going part-time this coming year so we're looking to begin that in February at this point Um, so we're looking to pick up jobs and function that way Uh, which for us in looking at that um, has it's going to be a challenge, but it is uh, where we're at right now. It's just like, we have faith for this. Uh, We have faith for like stepping out and saying, all right, less time is going to be given to the church when actually probably more time should be given to it. Um, But I just see God doing some wonderful things in our church. Um, There's a sensitivity in many that are just God, God's grace can flow. God's presence, I just think, is pleased. He resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. And man, for many of you, I could just, it's just like, God is going to honor this. God doesn't, he doesn't need 100, 200, 300 people here on the corner of Walker and Benner. He, he needs the few who just humbly say, Lord, we're going to value you. And uh, God can, do great things, uh, and I also want to say, like, we don't necessarily think that we as a church, you know, in terms of great things, like, God can do whatever he wants. He can, he, he can do Acts 2 all over and grow the church and all that kind of, that's not our, our desire. Our desire is not to have more chairs, nor more chairs filled. Our desire is to see lives transformed by the king, who then live for the king. Like, that's our goal. That's what we want to see. We want to see Luke 10. Like, there is a harvest out there, and it's not so much about the number of kernels that are brought in for the harvest. It's about seeing the Lord Jesus Christ show up and manifest glory to redeem people who were once far off, now brought near. Like, that's what I want Christ honored. And so... He can take a little crew who are just saying, Lord, we'll do what you want. (laughs) We'll we'll open our hands to you. We'll humbly seek after you. We're going to honor you and we're going to live for you. God can do incredible things. He can prove his glory in profound ways through a little crew. And that's what we're getting at. We don't need to be some huge, crazy thing. We just want Jesus uh, to ultimately be honored. And so with these changes then, we have faith for moving into 2023. It'll change things around. It also is, we're having to walk by faith in ways that perhaps we haven't yet. And that's a thats a good thing for us, pastorally. Um, it's a good thing to be stretched in those particular ways. And who knows, maybe the Lord will provide in various ways. This also means that in this next year, we'll probably probably be applying for a grant from the uh, denomination that helps out churches in contexts like ours. Um, we'll also be maybe doing a little fundraising as well. But we'll th- it's going to be tough to see how all this kind of fleshes out. Uh, it'll have to be kind of learning in the moment how to do these kind of things. What that means for us and what that means coming, kind of coming to a conclusion for our, our membership series, is that there's going to need to be kind of a level of shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with all the things going on, if you're a member, we're, we're going to need you to be doing something, <laughs> something in whether it's, you know, kids ministry, youth ministry, whether it's the basics of just running the computer or the camera, or those kind of things. Uh, everybody's got to kind of play, play a role. Um, even as I'm looking out this direction, thank you guys for cleaning. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was reminded of the Kohathites again this morning in some reading that I was doing, and they were, they were the crew behind the scenes that nobody saw, but they were the ones setting up the tabernacle and making sure everything was just right and clean and together, right? So that it would, again, be a pleasing place for God to dwell. Like, God is concerned, yes, for the hearts of people as they come in and give attention to him, but he loves the service that goes on to make this a place where people can come and gather. You're Kohathites. And so well done for the serving that you guys put in that isn't seen necessarily, but it's enjoyed. <laughs> so thank you for serving in those particular ways. So there's got to be a shared responsibility. You want to hit the next one? Yes.
2: Um, so the, the other focus would be on being active or activated um, in, in our, um, in the way that we are doing ministry for the kingdom of God. And um, man. So much we could say on this, um, but if I could just highlight it with the uh, everyone gets to play phrase. Uh, God has designed it so that his church is, um, the ministry is done by all in different ways, in different measures. And at the same time, everyone is sharing uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so since we're going to have less time to, Uh, be at the church. Uh, We want to prioritize with the less time that we have um, activating people uh, to be doing the stuff, uh, to be doing the ministry, the discipleship, knowing how to read and study your Bible, knowing how to pray for the sick, knowing how to step into a deliverance moment, um, knowing how to share the gospel with somebody. Like These are the things that are uh, we need everybody sharing those responsibilities and ministering in Holy Spirit. Um, again, it's that picture of the the oak tree. We want to see each of you growing into your potential in Christ. Um, there's there's so many things that we have yet to see personally as a church uh, that the Lord would be joy to accomplish through us um, if we pursue him together. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we want to prioritize getting people to do this stuff. Yeah. Making disciples who make disciples who do the things that Jesus commanded. Yeah. And, and part of that is
0: to blow up this tendency to think that serving, let's say, upstairs during a sermon time is just babysitting. That's ministry time up there for however the Lord might lead. That's discipleship time up there for however the Lord might lead, whether it's structured or not structured it's your opportunity to give away hopefully what god has given hopefully there's engagement in relationship with the lord so as we're gathering together it's not once again that i'm just coming on e sometimes life is that way i show up and i man, this is a bad week and oh, i just need to be refilled that's totally cool that's why god has designed the church right but it's also so that we would be overflowing individuals our cup would be full and overflowing so we have something to give away that it's to stop the toddlers upstairs for even a moment or to talk with the other volunteer and say, I just sense we're supposed to pray for this child. Let's pray for him. You don't even have to go you know, lay hands and do anything crazy. Let's just sit here as they're just kind of, we got a moment, let's take advantage of it. Let's pray for them. Right? It's as simple as that. We want to just break the idea of that the various ministries of church are like non-spiritual. They are spiritual. (laughs) Everything, right, is spiritual. And we just want to make sure then that the overflow of personal communion with the Lord has its place in contributing to all the various ministry that takes place. So in terms of the opportunities, as we look to 2023, if there is opportunity and shared responsibility that pushes us, even us pastorally, to be like, we need help here, we need help there. Uh, but also then there's opportunity in terms of a focus on activation. Uh, I want to throw this out, not because I recently had conversations with folks, but this has been an ongoing thing that James and I have seen for some time. I want each one of you to have faith to step out and pray for people in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. right? And I get, I, I, get, I get an understanding of that, but it's been... I think that is one of the keys to growing in your spiritual walk. Mm -hmm. Remember you two? (laughs) I'm just going to, we're family, right? I mean, it was incredible what God began doing. He starts making you pray, and it's like, this is so uncomfortable. And now you can't get Dan to stop (laughs) praying, right? There is a grace on his life now for this. It is just beautiful. It's blossoming, right? Right. And it's like, I can come to you at any point. Say, so, hey, can you pray? Right? And so there, now there's this openness, this life. It's, it's like a hose. When you're willing to flow, right? When you're willing for you to die so that Christ might live in you, it gives life. Suddenly I'm now bursting with life because, like, his life is flowing through me and it can now contribute to someone else. Right? Now, for, for others... You know, oftentimes it's the fear issue. Fear gets in the way of me actually kind of living out the life of Christ in, in me. But at other times, people are they are just personality driven a certain way that they want to be contributing. And they just don't have fear whatsoever. And they got to be the ones, the few, that need to be kind of bridled in and talk correctly through this. So both, both situations are at play. Uh, but we do want to be a people not we're not one member of the body can't actively minister like and it should be just a, a full functioning body in some sense and we realize that all of us are in a process okay so there's got to be patience and all that kind of stuff but we do want to give some sense of urgency to folks all right it's time to start taking some steps even if they're toddler steps you know little toddler steps and a little wobbly right it's okay that's part of the process of growing in christ together um for sake of time, um, we wanted to end by, just before kind of opening things up, we wanted to end by saying that we do have faith for what God desires to, to do here, and even that is just like, oh, Lord, uh, it's almost like what God wants to be here, I don't know, but <laughs> uh, like forget the forget the doing. I just think God, God has been as I've have I battled faith for what's next. Uh, the Lord says it's worth the fight because I'm here. I'm here. It's worth the fight because I'm here. And so it's like all right, Lord, uh, I'm, and He's just waking my heart more and more and more with faith for for what's next. But He's reminded me through that process as well of many prophetic words that He's spoken. Through people over this place, once again, prophetic words are kept in an open hand. Uh, you know, take out the bad, hold on to the good. Yes, uh, but I can go back to things that happened before this was started, and words that were spoken over it that continue to stir my heart, stir my heart for the youth. There is going to be fatherless and motherless kids that this church must become fathers and mothers too. Right? There is a whole. There is a whole harvest so to speak, of youth in this area that you, spiritual mom and dad, need to recognize. And part of the beauty of reprioritizing your life, right, from kind of like your living to kingdom living is going to be you're going to get to participate in seeing the lives of these young ones transformed by the gospel. They will stand in glory with you, looking to you saying, thank you for being my spiritual mom and dad. That's what we live for. That's what Scripture even sets out before us as kind of a, a uh, something of a motivation. Oh, there's going to be others in glory one day. That's gonna they're gonna turn around and say, "Thank you, thank you for sharing the gospel to me. Thank you for discipling me, folks." That's one of the prophetic words. Your spiritual moms and dads that can have a huge impact upon the next generation. Again, there's things the other prophetic words of God doing some pretty unique things among us as well i have faith for those and i carry those closer to my heart than just always casting out the pearls so to speak uh hold them protect them a little bit more Um, but nonetheless these are the things that lord's been using in our own hearts and lives to stir up faith for and so even looking forward to you know 2023 and beyond you know we've We've had faith for seeing something of a ministry team started where, like, service is over, but ministry continues for the needs that come through the doors, you know, that many of you are participating in just caring for other people. We've had the idea of uh, um, vision for and faith for prayer and renewal rooms, right? We did a little bit of prayer room uh, over the last so many weeks. Uh, We'd like something of Friday to become not just a vertical thing but also a ministry time as well where folks maybe they feel uh, afflicted by the enemy they can come in and 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 seek ministry and 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 help right there's folks there we run into this all the time just walking out the doors here on a regular basis folks are in need of just basic ministry and care to see something of the presence of the lord brought to bear upon their lives um, I think active outreach is going to be another aspect to uh, things in the, in the future, continuing some of that, being engaged in that. But then
2: the other one, school. school. Yeah, school. so uh, we've had this idea for a while, and it's like the Lord has just kind of kept it on the back burner, like, nope, actually tried to get, like, we tried to do some work on it, and it got shut down. The Lord yep. was like, nope, not yet. Um, but we, we long to have some type of discipleship ministry type school here where it's like, man, I love Jesus. I want to follow him. I don't know what to do, um, to get into those practicals of living out your faith. Um, we, we have a strong desire to see that happen. Um, there's just a lot of people that we talk with that are like, yeah, I'm not sure what to do next. Um. And so we, we want to see that established. When you look at the disciples in the New Testament, like there was a, a three-year period where they were with Jesus all the time. And um, quite frankly, discipleship in our day and age looks very, very much different. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to be more biblical in our model of discipleship, yeah. uh, if I could just say it that way. Okay. So we want to see that happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. Um, but some type of school to get people who follow Jesus to begin walking out their faith. Right on. So that's the review of
0: membership material. A little bit of vision for this next year. There's going to be some challenges, but also opportunities. Any final questions, concerns, thoughts that you all might have? What's up, E.J.? What's the youngest be a member? Ooh. Yeah. Usually usually around 18. That's a great question, though. Yep. So when, when you kind of are, are one who may live outside the household, you may kind of be on your, your own, right, when you hit adulthood. Usually around 18-ish. Yep. That's good. Any other questions? That's the oh, well, if I join, I'll be
1: second always. <laughs> Larry.
0: Yep. Just for folks online, Larry's just saying, "Hey, there is a there is a beautiful responsibility to be taken uh, in this next season of church life." Yep.
2: Um, I think no leads on jobs yet at at least for me um, but not worried about that yeah yeah uh, I should say there are there are plenty of leads uh, opportunities there's plenty plenty of opportunities yeah but I, have, I haven't yet actively like, begun that process yet, so officially nothing, but um, definitely opportunities. I would say from a practical standpoint, uh, man, I, I, it's hard to say without a, you know, my work schedule in mind, um, but I think, I'm sad to say the, the afternoons with the youth, I don't know how that's gonna work. Um, hopefully we can keep that intact. Um, but I'm, this is m- kind of me brainstorming out loud. I, I feel like I'm going to have to shift more things to a Sunday. Um, maybe not. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. just depending on, it, what, what employment comes along, what the hours would be. Um, but there's just a lot of little administrative things that I'll probably just have to stop doing. Um, Unless somebody else wants to do them. Uh, Yes?
1: I have an idea that might be kind of crazy. What about the idea of both of you together taking on a (laughs) second (laughs)
0: church? That's interesting. (laughs) 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 Didn't think of that one. I'm still
2: waiting on you to win (laughs) the lottery, Tom.
0: Interesting idea. Yeah, to, to the question on what might change uh, schedule-wise or in terms of responsibilities, I do think some of the meetings that we have, visitation uh, during the day uh, would, l- yeah, have to get shuffled around um, some, somehow. Um, yeah, when you think of part-time work, I mean, you uh, for the preaching responsibility, you, 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 do a, you do a sermon and Sunday, and that gets to part-time hours-ish. Uh, what Jody and I are looking at, and we're still praying through things, and, and trying to figure things out in all of this, is that um, we want to create as much flexibility as possible with whatever new responsibilities we take on as a family. So even if it is to work beyond normal part-time hours, we can avail ourselves uh, to that. And so that's the hope uh, at this point, that visitation and some of the normal meetings can still take place, uh, that those things aren't dropped, that the youth isn't dropped, that uh, even relationships with a lot of the pastors that we enjoy in the neighborhood, uh, that that our new schedule doesn't get in the way of some of those things. But um, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Susan?
2: um a lot of like website uh, live stream stuff um, all the musical uh, lyrics chord charts that kind of thing uh, calendar setup communicating those things uh, those are just the ones that come to mind off the top of my head.
0: Good. We'll talk. Uh, anything else? All right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to take just a quick moment to wait on the Lord and then um, kind of go from there. Um, but I'm leaning towards maybe just finishing up. Um, Yeah, so let's just take a moment, turn your attention to him for a moment, Uh, just see what he wants as we close things out. Um, so two things that I think, just as we kind of close, first is to pray for those who... Um, <coughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, if, if, if in thinking of yourself, praying or ministering to someone creates fear within you, I want to just pray for you. Um, and also just another calling to pray, contend. It's, it's like a wrestling to contend for this next generation. It's just like, the, the, these kids are, um, they're, they're stepping into a context that's far more insidious, far more deceptive uh, than what many of us kind of come from. And so there's, there's a necessity <coughs> to be praying uh, into those particular matters. Um, so let's do that as we close. If if you got stuff you got to run to, feel free to kind of step away. Uh, wanna uh, do a little
2: music? Real quick, uh, uh, the feedback I received about the Grief Share workshop the, seems That's like good. the best time would be next Sunday after the gathering. Um, so I'll send out that in an email. But next Sunday after the gathering, if if you're struggling with grief during the holiday season. Stick around and we'll have a lunch and a, and a grief share workshop. So, next Sunday after the service, more details in an email. Uh, but, yeah.
0: All right. So, here's what I want to do. If uh, And I know I've done this for a handful of you, where it's like, hey, are you willing to pray and there's this resist, like fear, right? Gets in the way. All right. Here's what we do we break this stuff by faith, saying, yep, I need, I need. The prayer. Sorry, I'm, I know I had this conversation with you, but it's because I've had a conversation with others. And uh, we want to honor, I just want to publicly uh, honor you. Yes. Uh, we all know the loss that you've gone through. And seeing on Facebook that you are serving others during this time where grief could take you. That's beautiful. That's grace on display. That's God at work. Th- those are those moments like Moses at the burning bush. i got to take my sandals off because I'm standing on holy ground. Right? Those are God things. And so it's to honor, honor, honor what God's doing in you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I saw it on Facebook and just thought, oh, amazing. <laughs> this, is, this is so good. It turns other people's hearts towards worship when, when we behold that. It is God on display through your life. So we want to honor that uh, in your life. All right. Anybody else like say like, yeah, when it comes to ministering to others, I'm one who doesn't like praying. I, I, I don't necessarily like stepping out. All right. So uh, Jody and Leslie, can you guys like just lead a little bit of time of praying for those who would say like, yeah, I, I feel that anxiety uh, when I minister to others? Uh Justina, get in there as well. God's given you a voice, a voice, a voice, a voice. So we want to see that used for kingdom purposes. Feel free for others to jump in and pray a little bit. We're just going to, like, as folks need to go, they can go. But just to kind of have a little bit of ministry right now. Uh, Caitlin, can I take you? Uh, And you want to pray? For youth. However the Lord would lead in terms of praying for youth. And I know everyone's going and doing whatever, but for the sake of even live stream, just to... do it into the mic yeah people are going to be moving and doing it we're we're just going to have our own little uh prayer time i wanted to get your husband here as well dude that's great If there's any who want to pray for youth, we're just going to line up at the mic here and have a few prayers for the next generation, for the youth. All right. Says, yeah. Pray for youth as well. We're just going to let them do a little ministry and then as well just, yeah, just have a few folks pray for the youth as you feel led. Thank you, God. Praise you, Lord.
1: you mm-hmm. know Yes. I'm Yes. all this turn the other cheek when it's so easy to slap.
0: Thank you, Lord.